Hi, guys. Today you get to listen in to the conversation I have with my good friend Charles Wadsworth, who is a network marketing top leader and forever business owner with consultants in over 47 countries. He shares insights and stories, and we get into great conversation about purpose and meaning. So listen in. I'm back. Hi, Charles. I just want to welcome you to the podcast. And I'm so looking forward to introducing you and our conversations to the listeners. Can you let them know a little bit about you? Absolutely. And uh, just want to say thank you for having me on board this podcast, Steve. And uh, it's uh, it's true what you're saying that whenever we start to talk together, it gets into this strong engagement about valuable things, things that truly matter. Uh, and it actually doesn't take that long for us to get into that space either. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, so so briefly about myself. Um, I'm originally from Sri Lanka, um, and I came to Norway back in 86 due to the war back home. Uh, and actually, it was in that period, in that very beginning, that I had the privilege of getting to meet you. Uh, as true. our families actually uh, were brought together in a congregation in um, in the Stavanger region, and uh, actually you were also uh, in Sunday school as one of the people taking care of me as a kid. Uh, That's right. <laughs> way way back then. So we go way back at that time. I was, I was ten and a half years at that time. At the moment, I'm um, I live in Kristiansand, in the southern part of Norway. I'm married to Hilda, a young lady that I met at McDonald's actually about twenty two years ago, and we are blessed with three boys. Uh, at the age of 15, 13, and 5. And um, I'm truly grateful uh, to be where I am in my life at the moment uh, because it's a consequence of different choices and it's it's a, it's a consequence of um, life lived and through challenges that we've been able to grow through. And, uh, yeah, so that's very briefly about myself, where I'm at the moment. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do for a living? Because sure. it's an int- you didn't take the traditional path of getting an mm-hmm. education, get, m- getting into a company and staying mm-hmm. there for 20 years. You went a different path. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, at, in, in high school, I remember when I flunked in one of our tests, uh, my teacher at the time in front of the whole class, he said, uh, Charles, I don't know what's going to become of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I remember the teachings of my parents who said that, you can achieve whatever if you decide and put your heart and mind to it. So at that moment, I had two different stories. One that was given to me by my teacher with a lack of trust or belief, and the one from my parents who was full of belief and trust towards me. And I think this is a very important point in every people's life is that we need to choose which story gets to narrate our lives. And I think because I chose my parents' story, I am where I am today. Because if I chose my teacher's, then I wouldn't be where I am today. And I don't believe that he's up at night dodging into his wife saying, hmm, I wonder how Charles is doing, <laughs> you know, because I think he's he's got enough with his life. So I tell people, we shouldn't let people who truly don't care about you define or dictate who or what you could do or achieve. That's so good. That was a very important point. And uh, also, like what you said, I don't think it's about what you do. It's about who you are and what you do. 
that is way more important than our education or the job titles or anything like that. I've always had big dreams, big ambitions. And uh, after leaving the war back in Sri Lanka and coming to Norway, I remember I overheard my parents having a conversation late night. And it was a really tough period because they came to a country with no, no knowledge about the language, a whole different way of living that way. And um, they had to do some odd jobs to begin with. And that was quite a, quite a big of a challenge for them. Uh, but I overheard them speaking. I remember my father told my mother, he said, as long as the kids learn the language and they make good relationships and they are successful here, we made the right decision. I don't think they thought I was listening in, but I did. And to me, at at that time, I was 11 years old. That kind of made a really strong impact on me. And at that time, I made a decision that I will do my very best. Because as children, we really want to uh, give our parents the very best. That's our way of showing love. Mm -hmm. So I think at that moment, something happened to me that has anchored, uh, anchored me and my drive up until the day today. Even when I talk to you now, I can visualize that scenario so that's been i've had a very strong why in my life to do as much as i can with what i've been given and i just want to drop my father told me the best thing that we can do for people who are not fortunate as we are is to actually make the most out of what we have yes because when we don't do that that's arrogance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the best thing we can do for those who are not as fortunate as we are there's always somebody we are more fortunate than is to make the most out of what we have, just like you're doing with this podcast, making the most out of it. Yeah. Can you explain, yeah. can you say something more about that, how that is arrogance? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, I remember uh, I had the privilege of, in my business, I, I've uh, been working abroad for many, many years. And um, about 10, 11 years ago in Bangladesh, uh, I was picked up by a rickshaw, a man on a bike, uh, to be taken to the venue where we're going to have a convention. And I remember I walked to the hotel in my Hugo Boss suit, my Armani watch, you know, and my Hugo Boss shades <laughs> and Calvin Klein shoes. And I stepped onto this trickshaw. Uh, and he was biking me through the city of Dhaka, packed, you know, it's packed. And while I was sitting there, I thought to myself that this person who's riding this bike is a father. He travels away from his family who lives in a village to the major city to work 24-7. He wakes up, rides the bike, falls asleep on the bike to wake up and do the same thing. And maybe on the weekends he bikes back to his family to give them money for food and for schooling. And there I was sitting, uh, blessed and beyond, uh, traveled in from Norway, the most, uh, the richest country in the world in many aspects. And and there I was sitting and thought to myself, if he was given the opportunity that I have today, what would he do and what would that have as a consequence? So that really triggered me again to think about me being able to do much more. And I think that everybody listening in at this conversation, you know that you can do way more than what you're doing today. Way more. I believe that we will never reach our full potential, but we should do our very best to come as far as we can yeah. within that potential. Yeah, I love that. And you did that because they don't know what venue you were going to yet. So so I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but I I thought that was really great. So Mm -hmm. please continue. Tell us (laughs) what I do. So uh, at the age of 19, uh, my my background is within 
uh, youth ministry, youth work. I've been in the Christian sportsmanship organization. I've been in sales uh, in clothes from the age of 16 to the age of 23. Worked for brands like Levi's and so forth. And at the age of 19, I was introduced to this industry called network marketing. The moment I heard about it, uh, I just saw a huge potential uh, as a tool for me to enable my potential into reality. So it's important to just listen to what I just said now. Anything that helps you enhance who you are and helps you to reach your potential, those are the tools you should invest time and money into. Anything that limits who you are, that makes you compromise of what you really believe you, you, you can do and have, those are things you should shed away from. That also goes for people. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So at that age, I saw a huge potential because I didn't do well at school. So I was a bit frustrated because where I was, I was, I, I did a good job, but there was a limitation on time and money. And I saw that that wouldn't allow me to do all the things I dreamt of, mm -hmm. achieve those dreams. Um, so this gave me the uh, a view of a better future, a new possibility where I could do that without things that people told were in limitation and to achieve my potential. Fast forward from then until now, 26, 27 years later, I'm actually more excited, more committed and more convinced about this industry and opportunity mm -hmm. because I do not know of any other uh, vehicle that enables people to reach their potential on their own premises like this industry does mm -hmm. on a long term. Yeah. yeah, and and it's so inspiring to uh, to have followed you because um, we haven't been in contact over all of these twenty seven years, but we've been linked on on uh, Facebook. So I've been able to see all your traveling. Like one time, one day you're in mm -hmm. in uh, the states, and then suddenly you're in an exotic mm -hmm. country, and you. Real, it looks like you have succeeded within this industry. That that's mm. that's been a great path for you, mm. um, and and you've also shared some stories that have have told me that yes, you are successful within this industry. So where on on what level have you landed? Mm. So, yeah, so I think I think the word success uh, mm -hmm. is is key here because um, that can have so many different definitions. You know, so many yeah. ways of looking at it. And I think there's a huge misconception of what true success is in our societies. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite books is called Lead Without a Title, because I don't think that you need a title to lead. Leadership is about who you are and what you do. And that can be done by everybody and any place. Everyone's uh, a leader. Exactly. And the moment you admit that, you start to lead consciously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the reason why many people don't do that because they don't want to be accountable. <laughs> but then again, accountability is what really brings out your potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was at an event in uh, Switzerland where I was asked the question, what I define as success. If you were given the opportunity to write down those areas in life that truly matter to you, like what matters most, what's the most important thing for you at this very moment? You can have, it can be your family, it can be your faith, it can be your health, it can be your finances, your career, whatever. Just write those things down. You get to choose. It's also about ownership, not what other people tell you that you should do or whatever. It's about what you want to do. You write down those areas. And then I told them, if I'm moving forward simultaneously in those areas that truly matter to me at this moment, that is to me success. If I can stand on the stage in front of 20,000 people and get a standing ovation, 
But at the same time, I'm declining my son's phone call or not calling him back. Might be successful as a business person, but as a father, I'm failing. Hmm. Interesting. So there is no success. Yeah. So for me, what I love about this industry and the company that I'm part of is that it's the only thing that I've come across that helps me not to compromise on what's important to me. So it's all on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I get to choose which priorities I make. And the reason I'm so straightforward about it is that I believe that everybody, no matter the circumstances, there is a possibility of choice. And in some cases, it might be close to impossible. But there's still, like Victor Frankl is one of my favorites. He says that the last thing taken away from us is the choice, mm-hmm. a choice of attitude. And I've seen people who are much less fortunate than what we are have a way better attitude <laughs> than than we have. <laughs> That's so true. I remember a story you told me years ago um, mm-hmm. about this little boy. Um, oh. Can you can you please share that? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I think <clears throat> this was actually uh, this one from from Uganda in Africa. Uh, this young boy. I, I was uh, in Uganda. This was also about 10, 11 years ago, maybe 12 years ago now. And we were taken to this place, Kampala, where there's this football field where kids come together, orphans, to play. And when our car was parked and it came out of the car, this young boy came over, grabbed me by my hand and walked me down the hill, the slope. And while we were walking down the slope, I saw that this boy was just wearing one shoe, you know? And I go, how come you're so happy with only one shoe? Because he was really a big smile on two feet (laughs) running towards the field and he turns around and he looks at me and he says but Charles that's the food that I kick with and then he points to the field another boy with only one shoe and he says and he kicks with that leg that's amazing that is you know if you take that story Mm. and what that boy was able to I still feel the me too goosebumps because there's an there's an orphan boy in Uganda who shares that with me and that's just the way it is if we could take his mentality and mindset and bring it into for example here in Norway we would solve most of the challenges in any political sphere yes because then we see potentially we see what we need for us to move forward and we can see what we can discard and allow others to make use of or uh, materialize in their lives without competing. And I think also Albert Einstein said that our view of the world is very determining to the lives we lead. So if you believe that the world is against you, then that's how your world will be. If you believe that the world is for you, that's also how your world will be. So his view, and I was there, I was there to bring them hope. I was there to invest in them. But even with that intention, I was very close to taking away his hope by my ignorance, by my lack of uh, being present in what was really uh, the grateful part of his life. Yeah. Just imagine that. You know, that's just fantastic. Yeah, it is. And it's so right what you're saying, that if we could adopt that mindset, even in our lives, Mm -hmm. uh, it's because we are looking at the foot. We're looking at our foot without the shoe. Uh, instead of focusing on the foot with the shoe, mm. what we have, what we actually have. So instead of focusing on what we don't have, we should put our minds to what we have and 
and be happy about that and be excited about mm. that. And also this perspective as, okay, so, so my other foot is naked, but there's this other person here who has that foot covered. If we can just play together, well, then that, exactly. yes, then exactly. that would, we would be complementing each other and we wouldn't be competing. We would no. be playing together. So I, it's, it's just an amazing story. And it just shows us that our mentality here in the, in the West, we need to challenge it. Uh, we need to see the world from different perspectives and, and really find not only encouragement, from that, but uh, conviction as well. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, Steve, it's really cool because that young boy mm. was a greater leader than most leaders I've met in my journey. True. You know, corporate-wise, business-wise, or even when I was a politician in the city council, uh, you know, our plan, my plan was to run for the first foreign prime minister of Norway. Yeah. But what I learned in politics is that your focus was always on what you were against. Mm. You were always finding arguments that could, you know, enable you know, or, or kind of hinder your opposition in mm. moving forward. So you soon lose track of what you really wanted in life. Mm -hmm. You know, and I heard this really good story from about Mother Teresa, uh, which really got me, you know, to help me make a decision. Mother Teresa, she was once asked by a group of people who invited her to join a demonstration against war. Yeah. She momently, momentarily just turned around and said, no, I'm sorry, that's not for me. And this crowd was like, come on, but it's, it's against war. And then she replies, she says, if you have a demonstration for peace, then count me in. Hmm. So we should invest our lives towards something that we want, not against, because that draws so much energy away from us. So I think, again, you come into the purpose of life. Yes. You know, what's, what's, what's your purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I don't want to leave this little boy hanging because, <laughs> yeah. because you can, you can even talk about purpose and he didn't even know it, but mm. through sharing uh, his joy and, and t letting you know how he thought he had a purpose and, and, and we're sitting here talking about this little boy on the other side of the earth and we're sharing it Fantastic. with the listeners. And if he had known that, can you imagine he's already served a greater purpose than he probably knows yeah. <clears throat> a little yeah. boy in Africa. So yes. Uh, and he was <laughs> for joy. He wasn't against poverty. He was for using what he had and expanding that and using that to create something positive and, and that's so when we're talking about purpose mm. and meaning mm. in my job as a coach and earlier as a recruiter mm -hmm. I have spoken to so many people who were who came to me looking for um, meaning and purpose in mm. their lives they have achieved everything um, in their career many of them and they still feel unfulfilled let's talk a little bit about purpose. And mm. one of my, the motto I live by is that the greatest joy to be had is to make others glad. Because when, when you, when you do something for others that make them feel good or is positive, then that just hits you back and it gives you the feeling 
of meaning, of value, mm. of, of, yeah, you feel good. Mm. And I know that we've had some, some, we've shared some stories and mm. you've had some amazing stories. And mm. the latest one, I want you to share that with the listeners, yeah. uh, your bus ride. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. There are so many stories that I can share with you guys. And also when you talk about purpose, uh, see, and also helping other people, I think another aspect to helping people is that every time you help somebody, it helps you discover something new about yourself. So that's True. interesting. So to achieve more of who you are, the one of the best tools actually help other people. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting and uh, truly powerful. Yeah, so this, uh, this incident that I had not too long ago, uh, I was traveling by bus, by coach, um, from the eastern part of Norway to the southern part where I'm living. And this uh, coach it stopped uh, at a rest, rest area where we were allowed to go out and buy something to eat or drink or use the restroom. And uh, while I was there and waiting to pay for my uh, the things that I bought, the cashier's disc, uh, time was running away. Yeah. Yep. So and and there was just the queue was moving very slowly. So I thought, okay, maybe I should put this stuff back and get back to the bus. So when I turn around, the bus driver walks in, and we looked at each other. And when I looked at him, and he looked at me, and then he walked onto the restroom. Then I thought, while he's there, I can get my stuff paid. Yeah. So I walked over, got paid for it, and I went out. But when I came out, the bus had already driven away. <laughs> so I was like, what? So I drove back in, and the bus, I had my computer, my passport, everything was there. So I got back in, rushed back in, and I met the bus driver. He came out, and I told him, uh, I went out, but the bus is gone. And he he was probably not having a very good day. You know, <laughs> life, life happens. Uh, so he got very agitated, and he, you know, almost yelled at me at that place and to me it was my responsibility and so forth and I said I know it is and I'm sorry about that but I thought since you came in that I had the time to get paid uh, since you were in the restroom uh, but he was really adamant about me being not punctual for the time it should leave so I asked him whether they could call the bus driver and ask him whether they could either turn or at least find a way to leave my belongings where I could get it later on and he denied to do that so he waited, waited, and I could see the bus at a distance where they could actually turn, but he waited until they got on the highway. Hmm. And then he called them. But the cool thing is this. When he called them and spoke to them, when he kept the phone, he said, they're actually on their way back to pick you. And he was very disappointed about that. <laughs> he was disappointed <laughs> he was about that. Yeah. But anyways, so the bus comes back. So I go back in, and the bus driver in that other bus, he meets me with a smile. You know, he doesn't like kind of condemn me or anything. He just meets me. That's a really great feeling. You know, yeah. uh, I come back in and then I meet this young gentleman. He was the one who went to the bus driver and said, the, there's a man missing here. Uh, and the bus driver could have said, I'm sorry, God, we can't turn. But the bus driver was also kind enough to find a way to uh, do a detour and come bring back the bus and pick me up. And I told this young man, I told him that, uh, what he did means so much more than maybe he's uh, aware. Because earlier that day, I had spoken to our younger son, Liam Jeremiah, who's five years old. I told him that I will come pick him up at the kindergarten. Mm. Okay. So promise made by me to my son. But that really means a lot to me. <clears throat> and the fact that if I hadn't come there on time, then my wife would have picked him up, for, of course, but he would have asked, where's daddy? And if my wife said, sorry, he didn't make it, I know that it means so much for him. Mm -hmm. also for me so i told him that the fact that you actually did that has such a greater consequence than you're aware of it and this is what i love about doing those things that are easy not to do 
Yes. But do them with purpose because you never know whose life you touch. Yeah. You know, and how much that really means. And he could have just he he could have just not bothered. He could <laughs> yeah. have left it to the bus driver to find your backpack uh when you got to the destination and and just have it delivered. He he could have not cared because mm. it wasn't his problem. But in doing that, it just it gave when you told me that story, it just gave me hope for yeah. humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we really need to do more of those things that people don't that you don't necessarily have to do. It's not your responsibility, but by doing that, he he didn't just get you to your destination um to to be there for your son. That's one thing he mm. did, but he did something that again, we're sitting mm. here talking, mm. talking about, about him. It. He is a leader. Mm. And if he, is, more, he, is. he is a leader mm. and, and we need more people to understand that we ha- in those defining moments, we have a decision. We have a choice if we're going to stand in, in our own personal leadership role or if we're going to leave it to someone else, leave it to the bus driver. Mm. Uh, and that defines how big our lives get and how much meaning and purpose we get to experience. Because I'm sure that after he met you and heard your story and heard that he actually Mm. made sure that daddy came to pick up his little boy, it gave him a sense of purpose for that day. And his name is actually Knut Ivan. And uh, just what you're saying. Shout out to Knut Ivan. Shout out to you, buddy. (laughs) And I will be meeting him. He lives in Tensburg in Norway, in the eastern part of Norway. So I can give you a, a follow-up on that conversation. Amazing. Uh, but the, the cool thing is that uh, when you talked about the decision in those moments, right? Yeah. I remember I was in, it was in 2005, I was at the uh, Unleash the Power event with Tony Robbins in London with mm-hmm. thousands of people from all over the world. And one so of Tony topics, Robbins, just give the backdrop. Who is Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins is probably one of the foremost NLP practitioners and coaches on the planet today. He's influenced a lot of people there. And one of the sentences that he shared is that he says, it is in moments of decision that your future is designed. So mm-hmm. choose wisely. Yeah. And I think if you have your purpose in place, then making those decisions become very easy. Yeah. You know, That's very true. easy. And uh, there's um, Rick Warren. He wrote a book called Purpose Driven Life. Yeah. And in that book, he says, the thing that you use with the least effort that uh, is of a blessing to other people, there is your calling. Mm. Can you repeat that? Yeah. That's so good. So the, the things that you do with ease that helps other people, that is your calling. Yeah. And that's so good because people, they dismiss uh, the things that they are naturally good at because because they're so good at it. They they think that everyone is because Mm -hmm. it because it comes so easy to them. They think that it has no value. But Mm -hmm. that is actually upside down because the things that are easy for you is probably difficult for someone else. So if we could do that for someone else, then that would give us fulfillment and a sense mm. of purpose and meaning. That is so true. And to me, when I to read that, that was a good reminder that we are not called to strive. Mm. You know, we are not called to demolish ourselves, de- de- demine our values. You know, we are we are our most we are our worst enemies in most yep. cases. But I think that 
like for myself, if I can be generous towards myself as a man, as a father, then that generosity is pictured by our sons at home. If I'm harsh on myself, one of two people that they truly look up to that really builds the core in them, then what am I actually putting into them? Mm -hmm. I I can't expect my kids to be ambitious in life if they meet me complaining about life. Because I am their future. I am their picture of what life would be like in, in, in the time of coming. So I need to really understand that the best way for me to be better at every area that's important to me is actually by being generous towards myself. That's so don't, good. Don't and be too harsh. I know. Yeah. And, and it's so good because you're talking about something that I get a lot from, from my clients is that they are struggling themselves to honor the gifts and strengths in themselves and going after what they really want in life. And they're seeing that this is affecting their kids because their kids are starting to uh, adopt, adopt the same uh, mindset, the same um, how, how they act uh, and, and limiting themselves in the mm-hmm. same way. So we're passing it on to our children the way yeah, we yeah. are. So if, and, and everyone wants their kids to succeed. Everyone yeah. wants their kids to be happy and to go after their dreams. But if we aren't honoring that in ourselves, we are holding our kids back. Uh, Cause it's like you say, we are their, their, their models of yeah, what yeah, life yeah. can be. Mm, absolutely. And you know, we should, you should love others like you love yourself. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's really true love. And also I think that when we give, from what we have, it doesn't become a burden on those who we give it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know? but I think the problem is, and how what what would you say about that? Because when you say that we should love others as we love ourselves, but I feel like a lot of people don't love themselves. That's true. And we've created a, a society where where we could never live up to the image that is created. So instead we start looking at the foot without the shoe mm, yeah. uh, and focusing on that. And so how can we, how can we love others when we don't love ourselves and how, mm. what can we do to start uh, loving ourselves? Mm. I think conversations like this, mm. just being aware of that in a day to day living, uh, helping each other to talk about the right things, you know, bring out those values, challenge each other on that part. Because that's also one of the things that when we get together and we've had our conversation, that's also a very core of it because we kind of compete in actually uplifting each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. We recognize True. what we do and we at the same time think about how can I enrich you with what you're doing or with what I'm doing. And like what we're doing just now, and I think for those of you that are listening, I think that most of you can actually recognize yourselves in thoughts that we are sharing because this is just life lived. And I, and I really think that to be able to love, I think, again, if we go back a little bit about what's the most important thing to me, and I take an approach to life from that basis, it's not about being selfish. It's about being self-aware. It's about being grateful. And from that space, it's easy to acknowledge other people. Uh, I've had periods in life, my life, and I still will, and I will still fail at this. But being aware of it makes it that I have longer gaps where life is as it's intended (laughs) Mm -hmm. and smaller spaces where I fail. So being conscious about it actually uh, lengthens the space where you are able to progress Mm -hmm. in the right direction and limits the places where we fail. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it actually reinforces my belief system. For example, one of the driving forces for myself as being uh, an immigrant to Norway, yeah, uh, then you have this stigma in media that has been there for many, many years. And I decided as a young boy that I don't want to be defined by what the media says I am. I don't want to be a father who is a victim towards my children. So I made a decision. I will do my very best in everything that I am given to succeed in life, succeed in my life, Mm -hmm. not succeeding in what other people define as success. Because listen very carefully. If a person succeeds in what other people define as success, then it is truly not that person's success. Hmm. Good. That's a dogma. You're living somebody else's life. Mm And if those people who have those expectations towards you are not there, then you're left hanging. Yeah. And I think many people find themselves in that situation where they have done everything that people expected of them. And then there is no justification or, what shall I say, confirmation from those group of people. And that is because those people in, in the very beginning didn't really care. You know, I, I remember when my uh, when uh, we were pregnant with our first kid, um, one of our biggest uh, drives or whys were that we wanted to have the freedom of time because both she and I grew up with our moms at home. Yeah. Uh, and that was very valuable. And I believe that's very valuable also today, not just the mother, but also the father. That's mm-hmm. also important. And at that time, there were so many people, family, friends, acquaintances and colleagues who kind of discouraged her. Because uh, she was an air hostess and she wanted to leave that job. Uh, and she was discouraged. I don't think people did that on purpose or any evil thoughts, but it was just their uncertainty and post honors. <laughs> you know, that's what it yep. is. Yep. Uh, so we need to understand that people come from love mostly, yeah, but also ignorance. So I told, I told Hilda, I said, other people's opinions do not pay our bills. <laughs> that's so good All right. so I want to tell that to everybody listening as well other people's opinions do not pay your bills you cannot have people responsible for your life who truly doesn't care yeah you know you need to take responsibility and the cool thing is that this uh, this this summer this June July it'll be 16 years since she resigned that job hmm. and the same people that kind of wanted to talk her out of it approach us today and say oh my god you guys have been so lucky to be able to have that time freedom it's not about luck it's about decision hard work and commitment and a strong and a strong why Mm -hmm. and if i can just point a gap there jim ron one of my favorite uh speeches he says that a why that is anchored emotionally is way stronger than any why that is materially anchored can you repeat that a why that is anchored emotionally is way stronger than a why anchored in the material. Yep. And today we live in a society where it's all about the material stuff. Exactly. Unfortunately. But if you can, I see that in my leadership, in my business, the, the, where I've been a partner for more than almost 20 years now, I see the people who stand over a period of time, not just on and off, are the ones anchored emotionally. Mm. So if you were, for those of you listening now, if you were to ask yourself, what is your why in life right now? And what is it anchored in? Yeah. 
And, and that really is honest. so good. And I think that because for me, I've never been driven by money. So, so the part of the business that has to do with the money is the one that I dread the most, like invoicing, <laughs> the things that pay yeah, the yeah, bills. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like yeah, invoicing, yeah. I'm so slow because my why that's, <laughs> so I have people who take care of my finances, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, the thing that drives me, my why is mm-hmm. anchored in, I want people to be uplifted. I want them to believe in themselves and be encouraged uh, by my story, by my believing in them, that they too can do mm. the things that they, they can move from that victim mentality yeah. into the warrior mm. mentality, getting into the driver's seat of their mm. lives instead of being stuck in the back seat. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I really truly believe that that is, if you're driven by the money, yes, some people can probably do a lot with that but it doesn't bring fulfillment that's Mm. for sure because they Mm. will always be chasing something but if you're giving other people value and seeing people happy like giving joy to other Mm. people then that is really the most rewarding place to be so however you do that is like you said what is it that you can do with ease that Mm. others struggle with how can you bring that into the Mm. into the world yeah, that's so, so true. I remember because there are people are thinking, "Oh, so how can I? How can how can I contribute?" Or uh, <laughs> like him on the bus, the guy on the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These little defining moments in our lives are what fuels fuels you. Mm. Um, and I remember a few months back, I was at the shopping mall. And I was walking down the corridor where all the shops are on either each side of the corridor. And I was walking past the store and I heard the young lady behind the counter talking to a customer, an older lady. And she was shopping and, she, and the older lady was saying, oh, this is, I, I like this store so much. This is so nice. And remember, I was walking. So it, this happened very quickly mm-hmm. but then i heard the way the woman behind the counter was speaking to this old woman and saying yes it's really lovely it's going to look great in your house mm-hmm. and, and i just picked up the atmosphere and i noticed how my body changed when i yeah. walked past that store having that conversation just impacting me from the outside and I, I I found myself smiling I was smiling on behalf of the old lady and and it just and I went down the escalator and I, as I was halfway down the escalator I stopped mentally mm. I stopped and I, and I checked in with him I said what happened there oh my gosh that mm. young lady behind the desk she really made a difference not only for that older woman the way she spoke to her and treated her and saw her but she impacted me walking mm. down the corridor so I turned uh, I decided I have to tell her this so Fantastic. I turned and I went back and I went into the store and the lady had gone and she was alone and and she was in her early mm. 20s and I told her you know what I just had to come back and I I have to tell you that when I walked down the corridor I picked up how you communicated with that old lady and it brought a smile to my face and to my heart. And it impacted me in a way that I had to come back and tell you that. So I just want to say thank you. Wow. And she lit up and she said, thank Beautiful. you for, for telling me this. Beautiful. Thank you. 
And I walked out and I was on cloud nine. And this is, wow. this is, is this the it? great, it's <laughs> the greatest joy you can, to be had is to make others glad. And when you act on that, it doesn't only impact the person that you're saying it to, it impacts you because I was flying when I went out there. And I know that the next customer that came into that store, I'm sure that she also was met with with more of that. She got payback for, for just being kind. I mean, just, just what you just shared, Nancy, but also the way you shared it, that's also important because if you're not captured captivated and engaged or passionate about what you share, it doesn't make that impact. Mm. So when people try to do the right thing because if it is expected by them, yeah, that doesn't bring the fruit that someone who's genuinely impacted yeah. shares the same thing. Yeah. You know, when in, in our industry, people sometimes I meet people who say, I do the same thing that she does, he does, but why do they get better results than me? And I often tell them that they often believe in what they do and you don't. Yeah. You just do the doings, but you don't have the faith in the doings. Hmm. That's good. You know? Yeah. So that is so important. And also the fact that you went back and acknowledged her for who she was, what she did. Imagine if we would do that in our everyday living. Yes. This is one thing that I, I really try to be present in, in my day-to-day living. I try to, one of my, and if, for the guys that are listening and even for you, since that. Uh, I have a few quotes that I've kind of <laughs> created. And one of them that I really want to be remembered remembered by is the following. You can find good people or you can find the good in people. Yes, exactly. So if you focus on the latter part of what I just said now, it means that everybody that you come across have something or have actually a lot of things within them that is good. Yes, And the reason it is not that obvious is because the people around them have not focused on that. Mm-hmm. So if we are those people who meet people with that focus that I'm looking to find that good in you, and maybe something you even don't know that you have within you, then we enlighten that person. And just like what you said, one of your callings is to um, help people to you know move forward, not be a victim, but be a victor. Uh, and I think that's a great way of doing that because I'm where I am today because people who mattered in my life were able to look into me and find that good in me, even in times when I was certain that I didn't have it in me. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'm really grateful for towards my wife is that in 2002, when that probably was the darkest period in my life, and um, I was in a space where I, uh, my father had passed away and my, you know, business was shattered and I really had lost, you know, faith in myself or mm-hmm. I wasn't present in that. And I, I didn't ha- I liked that drive that I always had. But at that moment, um, Hilda, she told me, I will believe in you until you start believing in yourself again. Hmm. There are several options, there are several things that are good to notice. Number one, she believed in me and she hmm. said, until you believe in yourself again. It's not if you will, it is until you. So there's a total conviction. Yeah. That's belief, you know, belief. Hmm. And uh, if she hadn't said that, I don't know if I would be here today. We are blessed to have a business today in more than 47 countries. I've traveled the world with this opportunity and I've been able to meet people on a one-on-one basis. And and all those things, all those stories that, I, that I've been sharing with you, even about the boy from Kampala, Uganda, I've started shouted on stages with thousands of people. Hmm. We're just messengers. Yeah, yeah. But the question is, what are we messengers of? Hmm. Are we bringing hope? 
Are we bringing power? Are we are we empowering people? Uh, I think many people say fake it until you make it. I believe it's about faithing it until you make it. Mm. I think my mom, she sent me a card in a very trying period of my life where she wrote, faith makes things possible, not easy. Yeah. My father told me that you will never face anything in life that you don't have within you yes. to overcome. Can you repeat that again, yeah, yeah. Uh, You will never meet anything in life that you don't have within you to overcome. Exactly. So that is something that I'm convinced about. And when, when I look back at life, when you look back at life, and everybody that's listening, if you look back at your lives up until where you're today, I can guarantee you that you have had moments, maybe several, where you really believed that you wouldn't make it further. Where you really believe that this is it. I don't have what it takes. But you're here. <laughs> you're listening to this. Yes. So we need to we need to remind ourselves about all that we've done, not about all that we haven't done. Mm-hmm. All the things that we mastered, not the things that we failed in. I love it's John Maxwell. Shoe. Yeah, exactly. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, failing forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, failing forward. And he also said, and this is also important when we talk about purpose. And being, it's about you can choose to live or exist. Yep. And I don't know if you heard people say when you say, "So how is life?" And people say, "Yeah, it's 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 just always been. It's just as it's always been." But that's a lie, because life either grows or decreases. There's nothing stable about it. It's a constant growth or uh, decline. So that is so important to be aware of how we how we speak those things. Yes, and, and and the thing I also get is that when I speak to people who are older than me, I'm I'll be forty eight this year. But when I speak to people who are ten or twenty years older, they're they're talking about or even my age, they're starting to talk about retirement that they're looking forward to retirement. Any every time somebody says that to me. My response is, I'm never going to retire. I don't want to retire. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to keep encouraging people to go after their dreams, to to live out more of their potential, to dare more, to be more courageous in life and and living a, a, a big life. Even if I'm 80 years old and I, I can't keep up at the pace that I'm doing, there will always be people who need to hear what I have to share. And the older I get, the more perspective I get. And I love speaking to older people. And I love speaking to older people who have fire in their eyes. And Mm -hmm. it just gives me something to stretch for. And I want to be like them. When Mm -hmm. I when I'm 89, I want to be like them. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, what you were ta- saying about belief mm. and and faith—that is b- having faith in, in something—is mm. having belief. So even if you if you believe in God or the Bible, the mm. story about Moses does taking the people out of Egypt, being in the desert for forty years—it just dawned on me something. It was that I read yesterday that said that the reason uh, that some of them never made it out, that they died in mm. the wilderness was because of their unbelief. Yeah. And the ones who survived and entered into the promised land, those were the people who believed. Hmm. So if we can take that into the context, if if we want to reach the destination of our dreams, mm-hmm. 
the ticket to getting there is to believe that you can. So working on our unbelief and making a conscious decision to start believing that it is possible and finding the proof that it is possible, listening to people like you, seeing that you made your own path yeah. and found your own success and living a big life that is in line with your strengths, hopes, desires, and dreams. And just using that as encouragement to say, okay, mm. so if, if Charles can do it, if, if, if C. Priscilla can do it, mm. if my neighbor can do it, if they can do it, just finding that proof around you to, to spark that unbelief into belief mm. and find and surrounding yourself with people who can help you grow that belief. That is where your dreams are, are, are born. Yeah. I love what to say that doubt is where dreams go to die. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. And and uh, I think okay, people. So this is the conversations uh, that me and Charles get into every time we meet, and they tend to go on and they get better and better. So that's why I split this episode in two parts. So you don't want to miss the next part because it does get better and better. And Charles will also share some of his advice for how you can use this information and how you can take control of your over your situation and move in the direction that you want. And until then, I wish you a great day in service to your family, your workplace, and your community. Neat Doggin'.